Good morning. I'm delighted to be with you, and I appreciate this opportunity to be in worship, and I'm happy to be back in South Carolina. So thank you for having me. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So how familiar are you with that Jeremiah text that was read this morning? (laughs) It may have been the first time you'd heard it, all that talk about burdens and Sabbath. It sounds a little strange to our modern ears, but it does give us a context for the gospel lesson from John. And it helps us understand a little bit what's going on with those Jews who call out the man who is carrying his mat. You see, they saw a problem, right? They saw a real problem of somebody breaking God's rules. And as you heard from that Jeremiah text, it's pretty serious, right? It's serious for the man, and it has serious consequences for the people. We heard that it means an unquenchable, devouring fire when we don't follow God's Sabbath instructions. So maybe the Jews who stopped the man carrying his mat had good reason to do so. Don't we need those people in our lives and in our churches and in our faith who know the rules and take them seriously and teach them to others? It's so easy, I think, in our postmodern, post-Christian, super-pluralistic, post-post-post culture to look at the Jews in John's gospel and just call them out, right? We can say with confidence, they are so hypocritical, They don't understand what God really desires of us. They're inflexible. They're judgmental. They're mean-spirited. They're downright wrong. And in our context, when calling other people out is practically an Olympic sport, it's really easy for us to look at this text and just call them out and say, you know what? Don't be like them. And we need to be clear, right? All through scripture, it is clear that God has no time for those who worship on Sunday and go exploit people on Monday. But I want to stick with the religious leaders in John for just a minute, maybe because I wear this garb. I'm a little sensitive when religious leaders get called out. And I have to confess to you that I cringe When I hear, and I hear it often, there really are no boundaries of the faith. I hear with some regularity that worship doesn't really matter. I hear a lot that all that matters is that we get out into the streets. I hear with regularity that a walk in the woods is equivalent to going to church. Would that that were so, right? I saw a picture of a t-shirt that read, I'd rather be in the mountains thinking about God than in the sanctuary thinking about the mountains. (laughs) And frankly, I want to get a t-shirt made and put it right beside that one that says, pine trees don't bake casseroles. (laughs) Because the life of faith is more than a walk in the woods. And it is not solely about advocating for causes, as important as that is. 
You see, faith is a gift and it is a responsibility. It is personal, yes, but it has to be lived in the community in which God places us. So sometimes I am right there with those religious leaders in John's Gospels, and I want to say, excuse me, it's the Sabbath, and we have rules, and you cannot carry your mat today. Because discipleship has boundaries and requirements, and we don't get to set them for ourselves. But what's going on here in John? Because clearly, those religious leaders are in the wrong. That man had waited 38 years for healing. And clearly, those religious leaders are ignoring the weightier matters of faith, right? But how do they know the difference? How do we know the difference? Why was it that they looked at that man carrying his mat and they saw a problem? instead of a person. And how often do we do the same thing? I want you to think about that for a minute. When have you seen somebody with a sign on a street corner and seen a problem and not a person? How often do we see problems and not people? Why was it that those devout religious people, they wanted to enforce a rule instead of rejoice at healing? When is it appropriate for us to hold the religious line? And when do we recognize that God has moved it? We wrestle with these questions all the time, right? And so did the early Christians Do Gentile Christians need to follow Jewish law? Can we eat meat dedicated to idols? Who should be baptized? When should they be baptized? How should they be baptized? Who should be ordained? Who can we marry? When do we hold the religious line? And when do we recognize that God is doing a new thing that may not only replace but contradict the old None of us are keeping kosher, are we? Brian Stevenson is a Harvard-trained public defense lawyer. He wrote a best-selling book called Just Mercy. I commend it to you. He's the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, and in a recent interview, he talked about the need to get in proximity to the problem in order to have a lasting, meaningful impact. He says... He sees many people these days who feel very comfortable challenging other people and holding other people accountable. But he goes on to add this. He says, I think it's necessary that that calling out be disconnected from a sense of privilege Because too often, people who are willing to participate in a sit-in or engage in counter-protest or participate in a demonstration are not willing to actually serve the poor. They're not willing to pursue a career that creates proximity to the systems we are so provoked by. He says, I want to make sure that we understand that what we do for a couple of hours is not going to negate 
what we do for a lifetime if what we do for a lifetime is adding to the problem? Proximity. Actually serving for a lifetime. Not just calling people out, but being in community with one another. So my question for the privileged religious leaders of John's gospel, and yes, for us, is this. Where were they during that 38-year wait? Were they in close enough proximity to the problem to know that man first as a person? Did they see him getting pushed aside and trampled on every day? I wonder if they ever once went up and said, hey, can I help you get in the pool? Were they working every day to change the forces that had burdened him for a lifetime? Or in their righteousness, did they just see him as a problem? Because they never got close to him as a person. My friends, if you look in the gospel accounts, Jesus always sees people. He wants to know their names. He doesn't mind getting interrupted, even when he's on the way to Jerusalem. He welcomes the little children. He eats with sinners. So when he saw that man that day, he knew he had been there for a long time. And he recognized that the burden isn't the man's mat, it is his sin and his suffering. And so he lifts that burden on the Sabbath. That is the Father's work that happens every single day for a lifetime. And the religious leaders have gotten it so wrong because they don't first see that man as a person and a beloved child of God. How often do we do the same thing? We have to ask ourselves, are we in proximity to the problem? Close enough that we see the people who are burdened by it. And will that proximity help us discern what are truly holy practices? How often have we been so consumed by rules and righteousness that we have ignored hurting people right in front of us. Samuel Wells has written a book, Incarnational Ministry, and he tells his story. He says, one new deacon, a month after his ordination, made one of the biggest mistakes in his ministry that he ever made. There was a gas explosion and several parishioners were in a general hospital on the other side of town. He didn't have a car, so he took the bus every afternoon for a few weeks to make those hospital visits. But one afternoon, he was getting off the bus, and the driver said, please wait until everybody else has gotten off the bus. And then the driver said to this young deacon, do you ever hear confessions? The young deacon was very conscious that he was not yet a priest and could not give absolution. So he asked where the bus driver lived, 
and gave him the address of the priest in whose parish he lived. What a fool he was. He was so worried about doing the right thing by the procedures of the church that he couldn't see that there was a sinner who was asking to meet God, a prodigal who was running to come home to the Father. He gave the driver the address of the parish priest. It's unlikely the bus driver ever made that visit. That bus driver wanted the young deacon to help him change his life. And that young deacon forgot that in the ministry of being with, the moment of truth could always be right now. The ministry of being with. That's the work we are called to do. In such close proximity to the problems that they reveal God-beloved people. People who have waited 38 years to have their burdens lifted. That's the work of Jesus and the Father and of us every single day. And only when we are in close enough proximity do we see people first rather than just problems. And that's when we'll have the wisdom to know the difference. And that moment of truth could be right now on the Sabbath. When our burdens are lifted and replaced with a yoke that is easy and the light burden of Jesus Christ that means we cannot help but rejoice together and then go about our Father's work for a lifetime. Amen.